Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. Johnny M., how you doing, buddy? What's up, my man? Nothing much. Hey, what do you think? I love it. I love hey. the hat. I love Savannah the hat, and I love, and I love the team. We were talking before the show. Savannah Bananas. I mean, they're not, listen, I mean, they're entertainment. It's strictly For entertainment. For people who don't know, go on YouTube. Savannah no, yeah, Bananas. Check out the Savannah Bananas. Fun group. Fun, bringing family, fun back to baseball. Absolutely. Very, you yeah. know what's interesting? We should ask Al and maybe and Lee. Al Christofoli's guest hosting with us. Lee Behrens is going to join us in about two seconds. Yep. Then we have big Joe Drella coming on. Why don't we? Why don't we put a card company together and create Savannah Banana trading cards? We I mean, that's going to happen down the road, right? You're right. It's definitely going to happen. They're going to make personalities out of these guys. That's right. And next, it's like like a metal lock <laughs> lemon card. That's what's going to wind up happening. But anyways, <laughs> welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappler, my good friend and co-host, Johnny Mallory, affectionately known as JM. Listen, we're gonna we're going to uh, how do I say this without being Offensive. We're gonna blow out. We're gonna blow our own horn. Do it. Do that, Jam. Do it. So we were just notified yesterday, and we're very, very happy that our last book—not our latest, our last book—the <laughs> Diamondback Collection, fifty of the greatest sports cards in sports collecting history, is written by Ellen and myself. John contributions by Joe Orlando. We just were notified by the Independent Publishing Association that we are one of two finalists for Sportsbook of the Year. And we are very, very excited about that. Now, JM, if yes. we do win the awards ceremonies in New York City, can you go on our behalf? Yeah, are you, are we go, should we go back and relive what we did a no, few you're years on. ago? You're on by yourself. <laughs> you're on by yourself. All right, anyway, so uh, we're really happy and we're really pleased. That's the Ben Franklin Awards. That's like the highest honor in it's, independent book publishing, is it not? As good as yeah. it gets. Yep. Yeah. All right. Our headline. Just one word of advice for those going to the ceremony. If you're nominated, do not have three Grey Goose Martinis beforehand if you are nominated in the same category as a book about a bird. Just don't so, do it. Uh, the backstory <laughs> that I know Al and, and, uh, and Leah are watching us, the backstory is that Ellen and I and John drove into New York City uh, for the Cracker Jack. The Cracker Jack We won the yeah. silver medal. Yeah. And we were imbibing in uh, martinis. Uh, we started mid-afternoon. <laughs> so it got a little out of here. And but, I, I didn't, you know, in the Oscars when they show the person who didn't win and they're like, I kind of wasn't like that when we lost to the bird book. What do but. you mean we lost? <laughs> anyway. Did you have some Cracker Jacks with you when you Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, man. All right, listen, our headlines. Another one, J.M. Burglars. Oh, man, you're kidding me. Smashing a Southern Cal shop, steal a huge amount of merchandise. Police in Southern California are investigating a destructive burglary at a Southern California hobby shop last weekend. Burglars drove a pickup truck through the front of Captain Fish Collectibles in Tujunga, just before 5 a.m. on March 20th, got out and scooped up valuable sports cards, cases, boxes, single cards, and a pair of Kobe Bryant autographed shoes. Jeez. It was all captured on the security cameras. Cameras. Evidently, the loss could exceed $1 million. 
The products can be replaced eventually over time, but the emotional damage from it is going to take some time for sure. The owner, uh, Savag Masakian, told uh, news reporters. The driver backing the white, he, the guy drove and backed a white truck into the store's front glass windows. Three men got out and went toward the back of the shop, hauling out numerous high-end cases of cards, loose boxes, and single cases. Wow. For more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. When is this all going to you end? You know, this is terrible, and we talk a lot about, you know, the uh, and some friends of ours who've been on the show have stores. We, love, we want to maintain that, right, the collectible store, that aspect of the business, but it's going to get to the point where, you know, when you're showcasing these high-end uh, items out front for everyone to see, maybe I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. And that's pretty, that, you put reprints out on the, I mean, it. In the back you know room. what, Zap? You're right. You just you put the, the exactly. Exactly. All right, let's bring in Lee, yeah. in Lee Barons from Sterling Sports Auction. How are you, Lee? Hey, good. Hey, Lee. Hey, what are your thoughts on this, man? What are your thoughts on this stuff? I mean, all these break. I mean, every week a sports card shop is getting broken into. Well, it's it, it's sad, but it's it's not the only uh, thing that's getting broken into these days. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. That's yeah. it, 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 our industry like this is not always any good. That's for sure. And to try to keep track, you know, if this stuff ever gets resold or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, we occasionally get emails or whatever from somebody. Hey, I got this stuff sold. And can you keep your eye on it? And that's like, well. do you ever get? <laughs> I mean, do you ever get calls? And I'm going to ask Al when he comes on too. Do you ever get calls? From suspicious, suspicious individuals asking if you're interested in buying this, 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 and this. I, I rarely get a uh, want to buy ad deal, um, and it's been pretty good. I mean, I I think that's one of the beauties of being a smaller auction site is you don't get a lot of that compared to bigger ones. Is yeah. uh, you know you kind of get bypassed or something like that, and they really. And yeah, it's, I've, I've been lucky when it comes to that kind of stuff. Lee, you have an auction ending tomorrow night, uh, for today, Wednesday, uh, and you've got some cool stuff. Yeah. Tell me about the 48 Leaf, the PSA 4 Leaf. How's that doing? That's doing really well. Still got a little room. Here's Mr. Ruth right here. Great card. Yeah, very solid four. I mean, decent centering and everything. It's always tough to get to late. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a nice headliner card in the auction that uh, the PSA. Uh, one another item that I think is really neat. Never seen them. Nineteen oh nine World Series ticket stuff. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, was a little confused. PSA. It's been mislabeled as Game One, but this is was in Detroit's Bolt Benton Park, and that was Game Three. Was their first game. Now tickets. Uh, World Series tickets are, are pretty much, especially older ones, are pretty much in demand today, right? Tickets are. Tickets I mean, are getting big, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty popular, aren't they? Yeah, they got a good push over COVID also. I, uh, a lot of those did. Uh, so, it, I mean, I, I kind of like it because I, I have a Joe Jackson notebook. You know, yeah, what is, can you talk about that a little bit, Lee? I saw that. Tell people what, what that is. Well, they're, they're just a composite notebook for kids would buy back in the day. To um, I have, here's a. Dizzy and Daffy Dean that'll be in the next one. Yeah. From the 30s. So it must have kind of from the 10s to the 30s or 40s, you could go buy your notebook or whatever. I think they even still do it now. But those here, um maybe. those that we just mentioned, the ticket, those kind of we'll call them off non-card items. Yeah. I think we're finding more and more people are really into that stuff. The programs, stuff like the notebook, photos, things like that. 
Yeah, programs that, that, that the publications can really be hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, whether you're going to, I mean, I, I enjoy getting the nicer quality stuff, but I've also, I pass on a fair number of publications because it's a lot more work and it's a lot of weight to ship the stuff. Right. So it can just get really spendy beyond, you know, trying to sell a $20 program. It sometimes costs you $20 to ship it. Right. Let me, let me just sustain that for a minute. Um, I have a bunch of programs that I bought at an auction. Um, and I haven't, I honestly have not really investigated them. The only thing I did was I took the first 25 and I researched the particular game that it, they're all scored. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, these are from 1901 to, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, I, what kind of value? Let's say uh, I have like a, a 1904 Red Sox program playing the Detroit Tigers. It's not the Red Sox, the Americans at the time. Playing Detroit, it's scored. I have all the particulars about the game because I researched it on baseball reference on how many people were there. What kind of value are we talking there? Because I, I'm, I'm vacillating as to whether or not I should sell them, hold on to them. Any, any thoughts on that? I, I just really don't have much background in stuff like that, especially when you get to 1904. I mean, right. you're not going to find much history to uh, – and I just do Google searches on a lot of stuff. I, I mean, can't find hardly anything. It's really, yeah. I mean, unless, it, unless of course, it's a World Series game. Right. That's mm-hmm. a whole different. That's a whole different ball game. But I'm going to ask Al when he comes on. Yeah, what else that, they have in the uh, What else they have in the auction, Lee? Um, we we got the nice selection of T206s. We have a a bat on that's uh, 3.5. I got a lower grade uh, red portrait. Uh, there is a cycle 460 Walter Johnson in the auction. Very nice. Here's some vintage, uh, a PSA 9 Santo rookie. The light's really tough to deal with. 57, Aaron, in a PSA 7. Those are, those hey, are you, know what's, you know what's pretty cool, Zeb? You have in this auction, Lee, some unopened packs. You have unopened packs from, like, I, I wrote down 1959, 65, 62, 69, 67. Literally unopened packs. That's neat. Yeah, yeah and I, I think they're great, too. Yeah. Uh, it was a deal where the consigner was willing to basically say, I'm willing to turn these over to you as no guarantee, you know, that he yeah, wasn't yeah. sure. He, he just kind of got frustrated uh, with the uh, authentication process. So I said, as long as you're fine with me putting in there that uh, there's no guarantee that there's open. But I tell you what, those packs don't ever look like they've been opened up. The wrapper hasn't seem to have no extra wear on them. Mm. That 59 wrappers, immaculate. I mean, it's, but you never know with different aspects. I think we all opened up packs as kids and there always were some loose stuff. Yeah. You know, get up there. Well, these are all tight. I've never did a research to see how these people resell or reseal the packs when they do it. But I can see two of the, I think three of the packs, I can actually tell that there's actually baseball cards in them. The other two, you can't see anything on them. A couple of them, I could tell what right. player was on there. So can... Lee, Lee, you also have some autograph cards? Uh, I got a few of them. Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I mean, but those are picking up ahead of steam, too. I mean, autograph cards, man, are hot. Yeah, they're... Uh, I, I mix them in with the uh, a lot of times with the regular cards to... They seem to get found all right in that subcategory I'm under autographs. So if anybody's just looking for the autograph stuff, you can go into the autograph. You know, hey, what, you are know those, what are those? What are those? What are those round album covers you have in the those auction? Those are uh, 
they're Goodwin champions. In album, and I have a feeling that these were maybe skinned, but it's a beautiful album. I think it was eight pages, but somebody obviously pulled them apart. But the one has four Hall of Famers on it. The other one has two Hall of Famers on it. Yeah. They're nice 19th century period pieces. Obviously, they were put in an album at some time. But, I mean, I I love pieces like that. And they obviously tend to go for a fair amount of money. But in the condition that these are, it's a good chance to get something like this at a reasonable price. uh, They're cool. Yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Lee, when does the auction end? The auction ends Thursday, uh, tomorrow. And you need to get your initial bid in by 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get into extended bidding. Real easy to register if you haven't registered already. 500 lots. I run auctions every six weeks. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I got some complete sets of 61, 62, and 67 baseball and 69 football. Good stuff. Great Good stuff. stuff yeah. Great variety. There's, a, right Jim, there's, the a Jim Brown, there's a Jim Brown rookie card in that yes, auction, too. There is yeah. a, a nice – it's a – 4.5. Yeah. I mean, a good solid yeah. mid Very nice. Yeah. On that. So, All right, Lee. Uh, I got some high grade 71s that'll, you know, those are really tough to find. So there's a yeah. at 8.5 and a Munson and an 8. Munson. Oh, yeah. Thurman Munson. All right, kiddo. <laughs> uh, good luck in the auction, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. I appreciate Go to it. Sterling Sports Auctions.com. Correct? Correct. Yes. All right, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Now. Lee Barron's Sterling Sports Auction, one of the guys that gets it, understands it, and uh, just good for the, uh, you know, good for the for the average collector. That's that's who. A lot of neat stuff in there, Zap. A lot of neat stuff, different price ranges, something for everyone, as we like to say. All right, uh, it's time to bring in our main guest, our guest host for the rest of the show. Our good friend from the love of the game auctions, Al Crisofoli. How are you, Mr. Crisofoli? Guys, what's happening? Now, you've been on, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been man about town for the last several weeks, haven't you? Been traveling? Ah, travel the whole country. I, I did uh, 7,000 miles in 22 days. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, did you do this with like your, your, uh, your, your van, your RV, or did you just, was this? I jogged it like, like Forrest Gump. I mean, was it? <laughs> he was running. <laughs> Leg hurt. Was was it business pleasure or both? Oh, so so a lot of time. And I have not done this to any great degree since the beginning of the pandemic. But a big part of what what I do with love of the game is I'll travel around the country a couple times a year and visit with collectors and pick up consignments in person and that sort of thing. But how, and, how do you do that, Al? I mean, I mean obviously you don't just get in your van or your car and start driving. You it's set like up randomly point- ringing doorbells on the way. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a place that has cards. Any cards? So so what I do is I decide where okay, where do I want to be? Do I, where do I want to go? Do I want to go to the southwest? Do I want to go to the, you know, the northwest yeah. or what? And, the, and then I will reach out to uh, con- customers or you know, uh, longtime consigners, and I'll say, "Hey, I'm going to be in your area around this date. Do you have anything that you want you know me to pick up?" And then uh, you know, if they say yes, then I'll sort of build a a trip around that. And, gotcha. and this time uh, was Arizona. I went out 
uh, actually for for a combination. I'm I, I a bunch of buddies of of mine um, get together every spring training and go to a bunch of games together and have dinners. You know, and when I say a bunch of buddies, it's turned into a just a really cool thing. I think there were fifty people this year. Wow! Was, wow! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you guys do a lot of drinking, Al. A lot of drinking on no, that no, trip. No, not 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 in the least. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? A lot of times, you know, guys bring their families, and and uh, so and you're so, definitely doing some drinking then. Yeah, no, no question about it. So, but but it's um, you know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I sort of built um, I built the, that into the trip. And uh, yeah, and that's I, great. That's good yeah, when you can was, do that. It was really cool and picked up some really good stuff along the way, which was, uh, you know, which was excellent. Well, that's, what it's, that's what it's all about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Al, I, I asked Lee a question uh, before you came on regarding programs. Maybe you can shed some light on it. I have some programs. I, th I think you heard us. You're in the green room. So, yeah. I mean, it's like those programs that I have, how, what would you recommend? Like uh, as I have a program from Every, for the entire history of the Boston Ball Club, from 1901 to last year, one program from each year, and the first 40 or 50 of them are all scored. And I've, I've been researching them, the game, how many people are at the game. Am I better off selling those individually if I decide to sell them or sell them in lots of three or four? How would you what, – what, you, what would your recommendation be? These are Boston Red Sox? Starting with the Boston Americans, yeah, the Red Sox. Right. Well, major league programs are much more valuable than minor league ones. No, these are all major league. <laughs> Wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like leaning, JM, that's like leaning into a left hook. Yeah, so throw out last year's because the Red Sox were a minor league team last year. So. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. So, so um, I'm, I, I'm very bullish uh, on on programs, I think um, you know the hobby is is uh, beginning to look at other things that that uh, uh, to collect. Uh, you know, cards are great, and everybody loves cards. But once you have the set, once you have the thing, you know, most collectors start looking for companion pieces for that thing. And and um, you know, uh, scorecards. I think people are starting to realize are much more rare than much more rare than cards. As they're collecting tickets for for you know tickets have been hot for a long time now people are looking for corresponding scorecards for that game yeah. or for that season and that sort of thing and and uh, you know so I actually think that uh, that old scorecards from the turn of the century are very highly collectible. We've sold um, you know early 1900s and late well 19th century scorecards are very valuable but we yeah. sold early early 1900 scorecards 1904 1906 for a couple thousand dollars um you know for nondescript games and then when when you get um scorecards for what i call milestone games uh they're they're even more valuable than that you know, you know it's I mean, interesting because just not to to, to beat on know. this but like the first one i had was 1901 and uh, Cy Young was the winning pitcher. But uh -huh. I looked at, I went on baseball reference, and there was only like 1,900 people at the game. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't there so, a remote? But 1901, Zap, was that not the first year of the, first of, year that's in, the first year existence. of the organization. Yeah, yeah right. first year in yeah. existence. Yeah. So my, my question, Al, is if there were only 1,900 people, isn't there a real distinct possibility that this may be only one of one yeah. of these programs? I mean, there is that yeah. possibility, right? 
Sure. It's, it's, I mean, these are, these are hard to find. They were not, see, I'm really big on, on things that were not intended to be collected. Scorecards were not right. intended right. to be collected. They were intended for you to follow along with the game and, and, you know, be able to go back and see what's happened in the game before, you know, right this very minute, you know, what did this guy do the last time he got up, that sort of thing. And also a way for you to communicate what happened in the game to the people who were at home who don't have, you know, the games weren't on the radio. And that, and that, but isn't that, that the key with these things that we're talking about, the tickets, even player contracts, it, different from a card because yeah. they, were, they were at the game. They were at right. the game. They were on yes. site. They were with the player. There's a difference yep. with those things. Not the For cards. Sure. Cards are still number one. We know that. But these sure. things have a different aura about them, don't they? I agree. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and uh, you know, they're great pieces. A lot of times um, the scorecards have beautiful artwork. They have beautiful photography yeah, inside. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to get one, sometimes, the, especially in the, the early part of the 20th century, some of those scorecards were scored Meticulously in pencil. Yeah, some pen. of these are. Some of these are. Yeah, yeah they're kind of cool. Um, it was cool. an art. You know, keeping keeping game scores an art. I I know that. Uh, you know, I taught my son how to how to score baseball games when he was ten, eleven years old, and and uh, um, on nights that I used to have to work late, he would actually score the Yankee game <laughs> and leave and leave a piece of paper on the kitchen table for me when I got home see, that's to look at that's that I great. could see what happened in the game. And, and, awesome. uh, you know, that's a pretty cool, that's a, kind of a pretty cool thing. Yeah, and, it is. And, uh, All know, right. So. Listen, we're a little behind time. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We got a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about Al. We're going to be all over the place. We're going to talk about obviously your next major auction. We're going to talk about the hobby in general. We're going to talk about JM's hat and how he should probably consider burning it. <laughs> Hang in there. We'll be right back. All right. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, 
Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. We are back. And Al Chris, Al Christopoli from Love of the Game Auctions. I'm a little irritated. Uh-oh. You know, Ellen, my grandson's here visiting mm. us and, and my daughter. And Ellen took them to the beach. And I had a package of planter's peanuts that I hid, <laughs> that I hid under the freaking cookie jar so that when they were gone, I could eat it between commercial breaks. Yeah. Gone. They took gone. it. Somebody Close. knuckled it. So what were you just eating? Because you're just you're eating something. almonds, and almonds get stuck in you. You know almonds. they're healthier though. They're healthier for you ah, please, than the planters' peanuts. I'm, I'm irritated. What kind of peanuts were they? Planters. What kind? Uh, unroasted planters' peanuts. Just peanuts, not cashews. No. All right. They, they took the whole. It could have been. It could have been dry roasted. They could have been. I mean, it's a valid question. I mean, it I'm is irritated. a valid question. I'm <laughs> Thank you, Al. I'm, gonna I'm, I'm with you. All right, now let's talk about before we talk about the industry. Let's talk about the next major auction. Yes, what's, what's scheduled? Um, we've got a killer auction set up uh, that'll that'll go live in just a few weeks. It's going to close April 29th. Um, I'm really excited about this one. We have what is probably the hobbyist hobbyist hobby's finest autograph 52 mantle. In this one, that is really just a beast of a card. Uh, the signature is a, a vintage ballpoint PSA 10, and and uh, I've only seen two ballpoint PSA 10s. Um, one was a, a PSA 2 card, and this one is a, a very well centered, very attractive PSA 3 that looks like it could be a four, but it's got a little bit of wear on one edge. Um, that keeps it out of a four holder. It's just a fantastic card. It's had two owners, and uh, it's. I'm really excited to see where this one goes. Um, there's also a. Uh, it's it's part of a, a near fifth, a near complete signed 52 top set 
that we're selling card by card in this auction, including the Jackie Robinson, which is also beautiful. Um, I'm really excited about it. We've also got a great 19th century selection, probably the best that we've had in a while. Uh, lots of really cool cards there. There's great memorabilia. Uh, we've we've uh, we're finishing up with the sale of the the um, uh, the Barney Pelty collection that we had in our yeah. last auction, and now we're starting to work on uh, selling the uh, the collection of a gentleman named Bill Skiff, who was a uh, uh, he played with the 1926 Yankees. He, he had a very short major league uh, career, then managed in the Pacific Coast League for a long time and became a scout. And he was a scout right through the 50s. And um, so he left behind a lot of contracts and photos and correspondence between himself and different ball clubs. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's it's very a cool. Really, really cool thing. Wow. You know, my favorite, my favorite thing from his collection um he was he was an advanced scout for uh, for the Yankees, and so he would they would send him ahead to go watch the teams that the Yankees were going to play. And he had these little score these little books where he would take notes on uh, on different players. So he's scouting like Reggie Jackson, yeah, and, yeah. and Catfish. <laughs> Very cool, yeah. You know, it's just a really you know that probably doesn't have a ton of value, but for for me, that's a really really cool piece of memorabilia. Hey, and, Al, I've always interested you and in, in the your your colleagues in the business. What type of sort of pre auction planning do you do? Like in terms, of, okay, I have all these items. I'm going to uh-huh. put this in this auction, but I'm going to save this one for the next one. So that's the first thing. And then post-auction, what kind of post-auction sort of analysis do you do to say, you know what, that went well, but maybe we should have saved. Is that, does that go on with you and your yeah, game? For sure. I, I, am, uh, I am forever focused on that stuff. Um, you know, we do things a little bit differently than a lot of the auction houses in that, uh, you know, we're smaller, so we can do this. Um, I try not to have items that cannibalize each other in the auction. Yes. So, yes. You know, if, if I have two items that are that are the same thing and they're similar in grade, the only way that I'll run them both in the same auction is if it's a really liquid item. You know, so so if it's a sixty-eight top mantle, that's one thing. Right. But if it's a, you know if it's a nineteenth-century card or if it's a you know a T two O six Cobb, I try not to have too many of those because i you know i think what happens is is uh you know they split the bidding and yeah so right that doesn't help anybody uh you know in terms of you know my job is to get the most money possible for consigners and having 15 you know 52 mantles that's in an a option good, that's a very good point yeah. now very and, good and point so there's a lot of planning that happens there because because I know okay I've got one of these for the next auction there's one in this auction and somebody just came along and they want to consign one I'm now thinking two auctions ahead and you know that happens with sets it also happens when you're dealing with the uh, with grading and and you have to have uh, you have to factor in time yep for grading companies and authentication companies you know particularly on things like tickets. Where they or, or packs where there's a longer window. Yep. Um, have those things done, and and so you know there's a lot of that kind of of planning on the back end. Um, I am forever analyzing number of bidders, number of bids. Um, you know what percentage of the auction sold in the auction. I like that number over you know ninety five percent whenever I can. Um, you know it it's. Uh, 
you know, I'm always looking at the different categories and how the different categories did. You know, we try and have a dedicated section for postcards in every auction. We try and have a dedicated section for photos, type one photos in every auction. And, uh, you know, we'll occasionally break out an interesting collection. You know, one of the things that we did recently that I thought was really neat was, was, uh, uh, in our catalog, we had a we had a complete run of New York uh, Yankees versus Brooklyn Dodgers World Series tickets, ticket for uh, ticket stub for every game. Yep. And so we were able to break that out into its own section. Sure. And and uh, you know uh, sell those those items almost separately from the rest of the the auction. They broke out from the rest of the ticket section. So we're always looking at how those things did and. And, uh, you know, in that case, I think they did really well. I that's think cool. the, uh, you know, that section yeah. did well, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you're not looking at that stuff, you don't have your eye on the ball. No, I'm also looking at what everybody else is doing. What are right. the, you know, what are the other auctions doing that's successful? Sure. Is, you know, yeah. Al, what is the, what's the, what's the strategy if an item doesn't sell? Um, what do you do? Do you kind of just uh, reassess? Uh, the reason why, and you put it into another future auction at a lower starting bid. What is that? What's the the science behind that? Yeah, sometimes it's the starting bid. Sometimes it's just where it was in the auction. Um, you know, I've had things that didn't sell. That you know, I'll look. Sometimes when a when a piece comes in, I know it's not going to sell. Yeah. Uh, you know, it comes in as part of a collection, and I'll say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna give this a try. We're gonna you know, we'll let's see what let's right. see what it does. Um, other times, you know, we put, we put something in the auction. It might be where it was placed in the auction. It might, it might it's not always the opening bid. Sometimes it's where it was in the catalog. You know, if you, you try and, and emphasize things. You try and give everything a little bit of marketing love during the course of the auction. Um, but sometimes it just, you know, it doesn't go. I've had things that didn't sell in one auction that sold, you know, in the following auction for great prices. So, you know, it, it's we look at everything and, and, you know, obviously it's our goal to sell everything. You know, we want to be able to, uh, you know, to do right by our consigners every time. But once in a while, it just doesn't happen. And, and so then we assess and we try to figure out what can we do differently. Maybe there's a better way to describe it. Maybe there's a, a you know, a better way to emphasize it in the auction, that sort of thing. Al, is the, is the, uh, is the modern market cooling off? I, I mean, I think you can see that, and and uh, uh, you know, we have have never. I don't say I don't want to say we never really got into the modern market, but we yeah. just really chose during that boom to emphasize what we do well, which is vintage and and pre war particularly. Right. Um. You know, so so we never really got into the the speculative part of the modern market. I don't understand it. And and that's probably the main reason why we didn't really go down that route. It's a whole different kind of collecting. You know what's interesting though? I've I've had some conversations with uh, some some of these these young guns that are running shows. One being, as a matter of fact, he's going to be joining us in May. Uh, JM, do you know Chris Costa? Uh, I've heard the yeah, John? sure, yes, yeah. Chris yes. is going to be joining us in the studio. Chris uh, is uh, he's very well known in the city of Boston. He's he's. He's teaming up with the Red Sox and doing a card show at Fenway Park. Yeah, in the right. So Chris uh -huh. is going to be coming on the week before that. And I was talking to Chris. I mean, we had a nice, we had a nice candid conversation. And he's, he wants to come on the show because he knows that we are kind of a vintage-based show. And yeah. he's seeing it. He's seeing it. And he says, he goes, Zap, you know, 
I got to get more vintage guys. I got to get more vintage people to the show. I want to get more vintage dealers to the show, which I'm, I found quite interesting. I'll tell you what I'm saying. This is a 20-something-year-old a kid and that's marketing. You know, he's, he's pretty savvy. Both you guys can comment on this because, Zap, you know, when we do shows, mm. with whether it's with the book or whatever, I yeah. always, we always, you know, whatever you go, you said, we do a walk around. I do a walk yeah. around because I'm a collector too. Yeah. I'm seeing the flip side. I'm seeing what I'll look at and I'll call younger collectors looking more at vintage now. Well, that's they're, what he's saying, too. No, I'm, they're, I'm saying they're, the same Yeah, thing. they're looking at the Babe Ruths now. They're looking at the Lou Gehrig. They can't all afford it at this point, but they're looking right. at, They're looking beyond the, the Fernando Tatises and the Mike Trouts. That goes you know? hand in hand with yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. The modern market is softening. Yeah. I'm not saying the, the collectors are going away. Yeah. They're no. changing their strategy. Yeah. And then Which there's that great. line between what, what you guys as experts at vintage cards call vintage and someone who's maybe in their 20s or 30s. Good point. And they might consider, I mean, you don't consider Bob Gibson vintage, right? They might, well, consider, he, they might consider Bob Gibson vintage. They might consider Reggie Jackson vintage. Or, or you see Dennis what I'm saying? Eckersley, or, yeah, or, or, or Dennis or the 70s, yeah. the 60s, yeah. 70s no, guys, right. you know? Right. So. I, I, generally, I generally divide it up into like... Um, Pre-war, pre-war, right? Post-war vintage, which I sort of cut off uh, in, at the end of 1973 when Top started producing okay. cards in one yeah. series. Gotcha, um, gotcha. You know, and 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 I think after 1973, there there are still great cards and collectible cards. And believe me, I in my personal collection, that, those are the cards I collected when I was a kid. Yeah. And so the, I have a full run of 1970s Top sets. I love that stuff. But yeah. but. Uh, you know, just for the purposes of definition, that's that's what I use is is seventy three. Right. right. As, uh, Al, you know, I, I still look, and I, when I dig, there's a there's a, there are a lot of obscure vintage series and sets. Sure. Um, some of them don't get much love. Yeah. What is the reason for that? I mean, they're 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 rare. They're vintage. I mean, I can't put my 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 finger on the pulse as to why that happens i i think the uh the, t207s t207 oh, good example yeah. right I, good well, example. I think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things at work in my opinion okay t207s um it it's a great example of a set that has never really gotten the love that it that it deserves it's a really complicated set yeah. there's all kinds of weird rarities Different different degrees of rarity among the cards. Um, the front back combinations. There's some really tough ones, um, but there's no Wagner and there's no Cobb, and it's this, it's it's just like Diamond Stars, which has right. no Ruth and no Garrick. They're beautiful sets, but they're missing the one, you know, Heavy. two biggest stars of the. So people shy away. I think that's an issue with sets like that. And then I think there are other. There's another issue which has become. An, an enormous pet peeve of mine that that uh, you know, and I may have even spoken about this here before, but there is no more standard catalog. There hasn't been a standard catalog published since two thousand seventeen. That's, that's a great point. Mm, that great is a, point. that yeah. was a resource. Collectors would buy that and flip through it and learn about really obscure regional issues. Yes, that's a great know. point. You know, and and uh, you know, it seems like. 
everybody's chasing after the dollars. Nobody wants to publish that book. And, and uh, you know, that book is hard to do. And Bob Lemke's not around anymore. Right. That's a great so, point. And so, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a huge pet peeve of mine because there used to be a place. And it's not just for the obscure sets, but when you discovered something. You know, you discovered a new variation, you discovered an error, uh, you know, you found out some information that nobody had ever known before. You would report that to the standard catalog, and that became sort of the clearinghouse, the compendium for for all of the new discoveries of the hobby. That's so a you great point. buy that book every year. So now nobody knows what they are. And, Good and point. So it, you know, it gets really difficult to to learn about this stuff without We are, We are chatting with Al Christofoli from Love of the Game Auctions. JM. Yes, sir. You ready? For what? CSA. All right. Let me I have to put my oh, glasses God. He's on. He's got to put the glasses on. Jesus. <clears throat> and I have to get my broadcast voice also. <laughs> All right, Zap. CSA Shows is proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on March 31st to April 2nd, held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes from the Dulles International Airport, celebrating over 27 years at the same location. There will be over 300. Hundred dealer tables exhibiting on over 100,000 square feet of space with vintage sports cards and memorabilia, as well as modern day sports treasures. You won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third party grading companies will be on site to assist you with your collecting and authentication needs. Some of your favorite superstars will be on hand, including football greats, Trevor Lawrence. Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Randy Moss, Emmett Smith, and many, many more. For more information, go to www.csashows.com. That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. So you mean soon to be uh, new Patriots quarterback Lamar Jackson's on listen, the Listen, listen, okay? Make the deal, okay? Right? Make the deal. Right? I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm still, I'm still pro Belichick. I love him. Make the deal. Mac Jones. Listen, listen, listen. I don't care. I'll give you the next three first round picks. Belichick sucks deal. at first round picks. We get better players in the fifth round. I'll give you Mac Jones and my next three number ones for Lamar Jackson today. I agree. Make the I deal. Agree. And I, and I'll keep wearing this hat. Al, can you pull some strings for us? We really need them. I'm not helping any Boston team. No, why would he do that? He's a Yankee Well, he's just a friend. His son's scoring Yankee games, for Christ's sake. <laughs> hey, Al, uh, off the top of your head, right now off the top of your head, what is, in your opinion, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire in this one, the most overrated card on the market <laughs> right now? Wow. That's a tough that one. That is baby. a tough one. I, I, How about sorry. the 52 mantle? No, I think that 52 Mantle is is sort of the granddaddy of, of post-war vintage. I think it's the most important post-war card, and it has been for decades. So, so I don't think that that one is, is an overrated card. Um, I, you know, I know people love the Jordan Rookie. I know they love it. And, and my uh, second card. I, I totally <laughs> yeah. agree with that. Uh, it's like there's know. 450 million of them out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like. I, I, you know, I recognize Jordan for what he is, and I recognize the importance of 1986 Fuller basketball for what it is. There are 300 and some odd PSA 10 Jordan rookies <laughs> out there. Yeah, and and uh, and and so it's a great card, uh, you know. But but in terms of uh, 
of what that card has sold for. Um, and, like and I, you know, like I don't even necessarily think that a Jordan rookie is an overrated card. I think that a Jordan rookie graded 10 is, is, is an over. Very, over- very, very good observation. All right. We have about a minute and a half left for this. Uh... <laughs> You're right. Well, see, everything no, no, okay? I, just, <laughs> I got a text. No, no, I got a text from Mr. Drellick. Uh, he would uh-huh. like to communicate with our producer. So, with that being oh, said, okay. <laughs> what is the most underrated card off the top of your head? Post-war, post-war rookies or yeah. post-war cards in general? Uh, Frank Robinson rookie card. Really? Ah, that's Frank a good Robin, one. I, yeah, I like Frank that. Robinson, Frank Robinson is Superman. I, I like that. All, all right. I, I we never talk one. about Frank Robinson, Al. You hit it. You're right. You're right. How about He's vintage? The, how about, how about right. tobacco? How about tobacco? Is there an underrated tobacco? Tobacco, I I am uh, shocked at the lack of love. Well, T207s is a big one, but the the triple folders, I think, don't get anywhere near what they should in terms of, you know, as a mainstream issue with great uh, subjects. Um, it's it's uh, There's all kinds of weird front-back variations there. You know who's a pro at uh, at those, those cards? That said is Lee from from sterling he knows really? more about that set than anybody yeah he's he really knows that stuff all right listen uh, we're going to take a quick break al christopher is going to stick around with us we're going to bring joe drellick in e90-2 man i, I have an e90 yeah yeah, yeah. You, come on man I, I that card needs to get some, i'm begging the public that card needs to get some love all of <laughs> the I own one. all the caribbean issues also I have are, I have the Wagner E ninety two dash E ninety dash two. It's a PSA two. It's a beautiful card. <laughs> Gotta get it up there. Right, we're gonna take a quick break. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in two thousand ten, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over sixty thousand square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan pristine also works for hope sports and identity hoops international traveling to mexico to build houses for the less fortunate pristine auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day for more information go to pristineauction.com that's pristine auction the best in the business If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, 
and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, supporting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay vault is just as easy. Every card in the vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay vault. Was you? Yeah. And, uh, Zap. Are you Sorry. talking, or can I do the spot? We're having our own party over here. Hello. <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> sponsor. 
the eBay vault is climate controlled, <laughs> insured, and protected with 24 hours now. security. Soon, you'll be able to send cards already in your collection directly to the eBay vault. They will take high-quality photos of the front and back of the card and document all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing-to-sell process seamless. For more information, go to eBay. That's ebay.com, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Speaking of sponsors, should Mike Provenzal be doing commercials for cemeteries or funeral homes (laughs) with that voice? Welcome to the Shady Rest Funeral Home. This is a PSA eight-and-a-half casket with rich Corinthian leather. He does have a beautiful speech. Good Lord. He should be he a, mor- a mortician right and then now. You get, and then you get Grady, who should be on the Flintstone. Grady. You know? <laughs> Grady's got a voice like Jerry Mathers. It's like- exactly. <laughs> All right, listen, let's bring in our good friend Joe Drellick from the CSA show. And we don't know what his future is going to hold, but let's focus on the CSA show right now. Joseph, how are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, What's up, Tom? Joe? Hey, how you doing, buddy? You know everybody, right? You know, you know Al, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah Joe, sure. why don't you tell us about uh, the big shindig down at the CSA shows? What do you got going on? Yeah, so this is our, um, you know, break. Oh, I apologize. The phone here. Uh, that's our break from the uh, hiatus of the last six months. We haven't had a show since October. So a lot of buildup for our April show, which is coming up this weekend. Um, it's April... Uh, well, it's actually March 31st, April 1st, April 2nd. I always want to say that. Um, and we have over 80 autographed guests completely sold out, 130,000 square feet, uh, same location, Dulles Expo Center, uh, csashows.com. We're really looking forward to a, a great event. So, Hey, Joe, I mean, huge names. And I'm talking like, you know, we, we know the, the older guys that we love, but I mean, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, I mean, these are like frontline current NFL plays, in addition to the Hall of Famers, new Hall of Famer, Rondi Barber, Tony Baselli, just a great group of autographs. Yeah, sort of the cool thing about that show is, is it's, it's had a, you know, huge footprint for for being a, a football, you know, show uh, back 25, 30 years ago when the original uh, owner, Marco Roll, started that show. And here we are, you know, 30 years later, um, still producing, you know, these big events with with big, big name stars. And like you said, to your point, um, the April show tends to be one of the ones for us um, where we're able to get those guys because it's, it's right. pre- you know, they're on break, basically, yeah, exactly. you know, it's right before training camp, you know, right. they're certainly training, but yep. schedule's a little bit more flexible. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the lineup is incredible. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, a lot of the big time receivers, Jamar Chase is also there, yeah, yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we, we you know, these are guys and, and these are guys like with the one thing I can tell you is the way the evolution of the autograph industry has happened over, you know, since COVID really. Uh, number one, these guys make so much money. And number two, they really are pulling back from doing these live events. So one thing I will say, you know, that you touched on it is if you do want to meet these guys, take the chance and, and do it now because a lot of them, yeah. they're just not that, doing this. It's a great point because they don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, they're, the they're still they're signing making. autographs, but yeah. they're, they're doing private signings. Correct. You know, they're they're yeah. keeping it private and they're not really coming out to see the public. Yeah. Um, as hard as we push and, and we try to make it a, a real fan-friendly event, you know, from our group photo ops, we allow, you know, five people to come in and take a picture. We try to really make it um, an event where a family can come in, you know, and, and uh, you know, kids come in for free and everything. So we want to create that experience too, along with the card show to connect uh, fans with their, their heroes. And, you know, the, like I said, the, the retired guys are out there, you know, for sure, because it's, it's a revenue stream, um, you know, but the, the new guys, it, it really is a special treat to, to have some of these guys. Al, by the way, jump in anytime you want. 
Just sure. uh, just to touch upon the Philly show, I mean, the reviews on the Philly show this year were off the charts. I mean, we've had we had uh, Brian Drent was on a couple of other guys uh, that were there. They couldn't say enough about it. They said, in their opinion, it was the best Philly show ever. And you got you had uh, was it Michael Rubin there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. You know, for um, fanatics. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we had. Uh, gotten word from uh, the Fanatics athlete rep um, that Michael might be stopping by. He is he is from Philadelphia, um, and he, I found out through speaking with him that he he only lives about twenty minutes from the, from the event. But yeah, he came came to visit the event. I expected you know a thirty second you know to a minute interaction with him, and I spent over an hour with him touring him around the show, and he um, he awesome. picked my brain, and and he's he's a guy that's that's a uh, I learned a lot from him, believe me. And and he asked all the questions, but I learned a lot, you know, just the way he operates and his intensity level and his passion. Um, you know, I'm going to be on the optimistic side for sure. Um, you know, I know everybody's, you know, worried when the, when the big bad giant comes into the room. Uh, but I could, you know, tell you just from my interaction with him, I mean, very genuine person. I've had, you know, follow-ups with some of his team members and they're very, very interested in, in understanding and learning the nuts and bolts of our, our industry. And they're, it doesn't appear to me um, that they're just coming in and trying to, you know, clobber everybody over the head. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how yeah. it all works out and plays out, but it was a great interaction with him. Um, he spent a lot of time on the show floor. He, he then went to the Chicago show afterwards. So, you know, it's exciting to see um, that kind of energy uh, and ability to, you know, scale marketing. I mean, if you want to talk about marketing, I mean, everything we wear now, sports, right? Is fanatics, fanatics, fanatics. It's just right? amazing. It's yeah. just amazing. They've marketed, Al, they've Al, marketed very, very well. So I've seen Al firsthand at, at, at Philly show, that different show you, and I know you love that interaction. That's important for what you do, isn't it, Al? Yeah, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the most important. And for my company, it's, it's really the, the way that I differentiate you know, I've got to get back into that Philly show. Joe took that show over and turned it into a monster of a show. You, he, Joe, you really did. You yeah, really thank did. You. Everybody. Yeah, it's a, I used to, a I used team to effort, that though. Yeah, team I used effort, to do that sure. show religiously, and, and eventually it, it was just like, oh, this show is dying, and and so I stopped doing it. And, and then, you know, Joe got involved, and now it's like I can't get back in. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, it's a great, great show. It, Joe is definitely to be commended. He, he gets how, how these things work and, and uh, what makes him important and what makes him great, and he really does an awesome job. Oh, so, Joe, you, uh, appreciate that. so what does the future hold? I mean, any any particular direction? You're... Yeah, there's wow. <laughs> there's a lot. Let me see what I can touch on. Quick. <laughs> Thank you. Right. So, appreciate it. Which direction are you going? Northeast. Uh, Philly show. <laughs> what did I say? All right. Philly show has a bright future for sure. A lot, okay. lot of square footage that we can still expand to. So we don't have to worry about that until September. But I'll come back on and, and go there. And then. You know, of course, you know, the, the elephant in the room is, is the national. We're really excited about, you know, what the future holds there. And I can tell you uh, one of the things I can say is is the team uh, that I'm with, uh, you know, Jimmy Ryan and Brian Coppola from JP Sports. They run the New York shows. Um, not mm -hmm. only have we been um, business uh, associates and uh, I consider Jimmy and, and Brian friends and Jimmy and I are, are close and our wives are close. So it's really fun and, and lucky for me to, to, to be involved with those guys. And I can tell you that we're working tirelessly right now behind the scenes 
Um, I can share with you that we've been out to Cleveland multiple times, um, you know, walking through that facility, which will be our first, that'll be our debut, uh, 2024. Um, we're excited about, about that event. Um, you know, all, all the good stuff will start to get unveiled, uh, you know, later in the calendar year this year. Um, we're, we're currently seeking out new locations. Um, and what I can tell you is one of those locations is not Atlantic city. <laughs> Thank you. I have to. I have to be honest. I actually like. I actually like Atlantic City for for a lot of things. I understand the flaws, um, and a lot of those flaws are fixable. But what I can tell you is, is the the uh, cities that we're looking at are a, a lot of new cities that we've heard. Um, loud and clear from, from, you know, industry Very cool. uh, to check out to these areas. And there's a lot that goes into it. And, I, and I'm happy, you know, as we get later in the year to come on and, you know, one of the things that Jimmy, Brian and myself plan to do is, is um, pull the curtain back and kind of expose the, the industry a little bit to what our world looks like and why things right. are the way they are. Um, so there'll be a lot of, a lot of really cool things uh, to talk about. We're super excited um, about what's, what's ahead. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hey, by the way, right. JM, this year you're out, you know that. That's fine. It, it conflicts with my summering, so I'm good. <laughs> We're not doing a book signing. We're going to do that conflicts, show from there, It conflicts with my beach time. I got Grady. I got Chrisafoli. I have Orlando. I've got them all. You're out. I'd like to go to. I'd like to go to Cleveland though next year. If you could, even if we don't have anything I've going. Never heard anybody ever say that. No, I did. Anybody. I had fun. I've been to <laughs> Cleveland. I it's fun. I'd like to go to Cleveland. And the Football <laughs> Hall of Fame is right down the road. It's a rock fun. and roll, hey, hall rock and roll, too. rock and roll I Hall mean, of Fame. You know Cleveland. something? You know something? Now there's there's a little here's a little marketing thing. Cleveland's you know. a fun town. What you do is you get someone that's just inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you have them serenading us as people are entering the national. How's that? Could happen, Joe. I'm how about Joe? How about I'm you hire me list. to be the front man for the Cleveland National, and I can start with, "I want to go back to Cleveland." That could be like, <laughs> I'll be the guy, like the That's only the guy that wants to go to Cleveland. I'm your guy. All right, I like it. <laughs> Listen, we had we were at, I don't know how long it was Cleveland four, three, four, five years ago. How I can't remember when were we there last for the national? Twenty eighteen, I believe. Twenty eighteen. All I can tell you about Cleveland is actually we enjoyed it. We seriously, we really enjoyed it. Like the venue, uh, the deep dish pizza in Cleveland is actually better than Chicago's. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's, wow. pretty, that's, a, that's pretty good. That's, hey, a, that's quick, all I'm saying. A, a Cleveland question. Was that where, uh, I think maybe I'm right. Was that where Leighton pulled the, yes. when the, the, the 55 Bowman Mantle got yes. pulled out of the pack? Yeah. Yep. That was Cleveland, right? That's when Rico almost Rico almost fell off the chair. Yeah, I was standing. I was standing outside of you guys. I, I was sort of watching, but I was sort of shopping too. And that I'll never forget that scream ever. I was standing in earshot. Of that. The funniest thing about that card was Rico sitting next to me, right? And Leighton hands Rico the card. He's like this. I'm not touching. He wouldn't it. want to touch it. Not touching it. <laughs> very, very, very funny. All right, listen, we're just about out of time. Joe, we're looking forward to seeing you at the National. Remember the CSA show? Yep. yep. Coming this coming weekend. You got and, it. Right? And Al, yep. as always, man, you know what you mean to us. We love you guys. Uh, we can't thank you folks enough for the support. Absolutely. You know, during the commercial break, we were talking about how the numbers have been staggering between, I mean, even the radio station makes comments to us. And it's like, you know, just, it's been unbelievable, the reception and how this show has grown over the last seven years. And it's because of guys like you. So we really want to thank you guys. 
and obviously to the general public. With that being said, JM, have a great week. Good to see you guys. Thanks, guys. Rico scrounging off the Red Sox this afternoon. <laughs> that I know for a fact. And to our viewers and listeners, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.